We're, uh, we're forgetting the past. Thank God, leaving it behind. Jesus is our future, and I believe he has a good future and some good things in store for us. Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. 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 I receive that today. I believe that. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles today, with, if you would, to the book of Joshua. We're going we're gonna to try today sometime to uh, get Joshua and his people across this river. <laughs> <laughs> Denise is concerned about them. <laughs> well, they do. I, I, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Uh, they do make it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think we all know. I think we all know that that they do make it. But uh, Joshua chapter three. We begin this last week talking about a guide our guide into the unknown, and, and uh, it was just intended to be a Sunday morning message, and it turned out to be a Sunday morning and a Sunday night, and here we are uh, trying to finish it up this morning, the, the Lord will. But in Joshua chapter number 3 in verse, I'm just going to pick up here with verse number 2, okay? Joshua 3 and 2, so it was... After three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place. And these words here need to be underlined. And go after it. And go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know, here it is, that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. New territory, new ground, new adventure, amen? A future ahead. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word today, for your precious word, for your promises. We love you today. Add your blessing to this, to the reading of your word. Help us to preach your word today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We talked to you last week about the fact, the background of this story. We all know how God had brought His people out of Egyptian bondage some 40 years earlier. By the blood of the Lamb, He had delivered them from their taskmasters. Uh, task he had delivered them from the, from the slavery that they were in in Egypt and uh, brought them into the wilderness and had led them to the very... 
to the very borders of the promised land. And uh, God intended for them 40 years before this particular time to enter into uh, the promised land and, and into the blessing the, that he had promised and had, um, had secured for them. That land was given to them. It was their inheritance. And uh, they had been out of it for, for quite a number of years, for quite some time. And so here they have been going through the wilderness for 40 years. As I said, they could have possessed it some 40 years before. Joshua and Caleb tried to get them to go in. The ten spies, as we know, brought a negative report. And uh, all, the, all the ten spies could see, the disbelieving spies could see, was the giants that were in the land, the walled cities, the opposition that was there. And so they, they focused upon the opposition and magnified the opposition where Joshua and Caleb focused on God and magnified God. That's the difference, folks, between victory and defeat in our life is what we're going to focus our attention on. We never, we never um, deny the existence or the reality of opposition or of, of the enemy that is there. We have an enemy. How many knows that? But thank God we, we can't focus on the enemy. That's why I turned the news off. Praise God. I got tired of listening. I'm not going to focus on that nonsense. And I'm going I'm to focus on the word of God and upon the Lord. And what he has said in his word. And, and uh, his power and his awesome ability in our life. Amen. So that's, that's the faith that overcomes comes is when we, when we have that same spirit that Joshua and Caleb have had that said we are well able to overcome the land. That's the difference between an overcomer and those who are overcome. That's the difference between your victory and your defeat is focusing your attention upon the Lord. Unbelief always says, well, we can't win. Let's turn back. Let's go back. But faith always says, let's go forward because God is with us and God is on our side and God will give us the victory. That is the kind of attitude that we've got to have coming into this new year and throughout this entire, the entirety of this year. So, here they are on the brink of their blessing between them, between Israel and the land of, of their inheritance and opportunity. There was this Jordan River. There's an obstacle that stands in their way. The Jordan River is there. It's a difficulty. It's an opposition. And so Joshua is now telling this people how they are to go in and how they are going to go in and possess their possessions and possess their land and to have the victory uh, that lies ahead for them. He was telling them that, you know, there are, yes, going to be obstacles and giants and impossible situations, but in spite of what's ahead, they could face it. And I want to say this, in spite of what's ahead, there's all kinds of predictions being made for 2021, and we don't know exactly what's going to take place and how, it's go how, everything's, going to, uh, how everything's going to play out, but we can 
can know that we can go through this coming year and experience victory in the Lord Jesus Christ in spite of what's in ahead. We can face it with faith and we can face it with confidence knowing that the Lord is on our side. And I said this last Sunday that I, that I believe, I know this, I know this, that God has a plan for your life and God has a plan for this church and uh, we want to see that, that, that plan fulfilled and that plan that God has is a plan that includes victory, that is victory. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. So last Sunday night we talked about you know, there's, there's actually three different, tr- three truths, major truths that are revealed here in this passage in Joshua chapter 3. And we talked about the first truth that he was, had revealed there last Sunday night, that God will guide you through the uncharted places. We're not going into unknown territory without a guide. Can I get an Amen. God told the children of Israel and told Joshua, said, you've not passed this way before, so you don't know what the future holds. It's going to be something new. It's unexplored territory, so you're going to have to have someone to guide you. And you and I are going to have to understand that we have to have someone and we do have someone to guide us. And I'm so glad that we do. Come on, amen. I'm so glad that we're not facing this year just not, you know, within our own self. Jesus is already there. God's already there. And the Lord has spoken this morning through a prophetic word telling us that we can have peace and that we don't have to worry and that we don't have to be afraid and that we don't have to be fearful. Why? Because the Lord is there to guide us and he's there to lead us and he's there to direct us and to get us through. And as long as we follow him, we're going to make it through. And so in verse number three, the Bible said that uh, Joshua had the captains to go through the, the, the camp of Israel and to command the people and to tell them, he said, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and you see the priests and the Levites bearing the ark, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. So if they're going to get across this obstacle and get over to the other side, then they're going to have to follow the Ark of the Covenant, to watch the Ark, to get your eyes on the Ark, to follow the Ark and go after the Ark. And we made mention last Sunday night that the Ark was mentioned, this Ark of the Covenant was mentioned some ten times in Joshua chapter 3, and it represents the presence of God with His people. It was a type, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you think about that Ark of the Covenant, it was made of acacia wood, which uh, typified the humanity of Jesus. It was overlaid with gold, which was a type of the deity of Jesus, that he was human and divine. And uh, on the top of that Ark was the mercy seat, where the blood of the sacrifices were placed, representing the atonement that Jesus was to make for us. And so... The, pic, the ark was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and God.
God was telling His people, keep your eye on the ark. And when the ark moves, it's going to be borne by the priests on their shoulders. They're going to carry it toward the Jordan River. And when you see the ark move, you go after the ark. Follow the ark because you've not passed this way before. You've got to follow the presence of God and He will lead you. The presence of God will lead you to where we need to go. He'll get us where we need to go. How many believe that? Amen? So, you know, the difference, and I mentioned this, and I want to remind you of this again today, that the difference between a victorious Christian and a defeated Christian is the position of that ark. Because victorious Christians have the Lord out in front of them and are being led by the Lord Jesus Christ. They have their eyes. Victorious Christians have their eyes on Jesus and are following after Jesus. And the ark is going to go before the people and this was going to be an encouragement to their faith. And if we, if we had a New Year's resolution, and I don't know how many of y'all make those or not, but if we had a New Year's resolution, it needs to be something along the lines that I'm not going in 2021, I'm not not going to take a step without my eyes being focused on the Lord Jesus Christ upon his word and following his spirit can I get an amen and if you'll do that then you're going to have victory throughout the year God's going to bring us through this year now um the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So as sons and daughters of God, we are to be led by the Spirit of God. The Apostle Paul said in Hebrews 12 and 2 that we are to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we're to keep our eyes on the Lord. Somebody said, how can we, how, how, Brother Rick, how do you suggest we look, we can't see Jesus, how do we look to Jesus? Well, number one, you've got Jesus living on the inside of you, amen. He's given you the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. But also, if you'll remember that ark, there were three items in that ark. How many knows that? There were three things that were inside of that ark of the covenant. And they were the, uh, there was a pot of manna in there. There was Aaron's rod that budded that was in there. But there was also, in that ark was the tablets of stone, the, the commandments. In other words, the word of God was in that ark. So when we're looking to Jesus, looking to him, and to his presence and we want to be led and directed and guided this year and in every area of our life we've got to look to the word how do you look to Jesus you look to Jesus by looking to his word he will always lead and guide and direct you in line with his word can I get an amen so that leads us up. We're going through uncharted places. And number one, God will guide us through and through those uncharted places. But the second truth that we want to bring out today from this passage is that God is also going to grant to you and I unfading promises and he has given us his unfading promises when he mentioned the ark there in verse number three he told them he said when you see the ark of the covenant of 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 god the lord your god when you see the ark of the 
covenant of the Lord. It was called, it was referred to uh, over and over again as the Ark of the Covenant. Now, how many of y'all know what a covenant is? A covenant is an unfading and an unfailing promise. An unfading and an unfailing promise. When God makes a covenant, he makes a promise. And that promise, when God makes a promise, it's not going to be broken. We talked about the promise throughout the Christmas season last month. And how that a lot of times, you know, people make promises to us and they don't keep those promises, but they break those promises. But I'm going to tell you, when God makes a promise and makes a covenant with his people, it's an unfading promise. It's an unfailing promise. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our Ark of the Covenant. He's given us a new covenant that's established on Better promises. Can I get an amen? Oh, thank God for the new covenant that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ and for the promises of God that he has given to us. And as we allow the Lord to lead us through the uncharted places, he will fulfill his unfailing promises to us. Now, the Bible says in, um, we sang that song this morning, Amen, Amen, so be it. And the Bible says that all of the promises in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, the Lord says all of the promises of God in Him are what? Yes, and in Him, Amen, to the glory of God the Father. The promises that the Lord has made are yes, And so be it. So that means if God has made us a promise and we meet the conditions of that promise, then God will fulfill that promise in our lives. Do you believe that today? The Bible says he's not... One of my favorite verses of Scripture and reading the other day, just reading it the other day in the book of Numbers on the story of, of Balaam and Balak and, the, and how that Balak tried to get Balaam to curse Israel. And every time he opened his mouth to curse them, a blessing came out. God put a blessing in his mouth. Amen. And he said to Balak, he said, listen, I can't curse what God has blessed. Every time I read that, I just almost want to get up and dance and shout a little bit. Because whatever God has put his blessing on, hallelujah, the ain't nobody can curse what God has blessed. The enemy can't curse what God has blessed. Can I get an amen today? Hallelujah. I believe that. And so, you know, in that 23rd chapter of Numbers, though, One of the things that Balaam says, one of my favorite verses is verse 19 of that 23rd chapter where he says says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? I'm going to tell you what, you can put that in the bank, ladies and gentlemen, that if God has made a promise and what he has said he will do, he will do. He's just looking for somebody just to believe his promise. He's not going to fulfill his promise to doubters and unbelievers and naysayers. He's looking for some people that will receive what he said and receive the promise of God and believe the word of God and stand 
stand on the word of God and claim the promises of God for your life. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He will fulfill his promise in your life. They're all yes and amen. You know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm walking on some uh, controversial territory here. But, you know, we have people, and I've heard people say, you know, well, God always answers prayer. Sometimes he says no. And, yeah, if you're not praying in line with the will of God, yeah, you can hear God say no. Sometimes he says wait. But I'm telling when you when you pray according to his will. What is his will? We, we talked about it yesterday in prayer meeting. Praise God. Um, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. For we, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have, listen, we have the petition he, that, that, that we have desired of him. What's that saying? That God, what's that saying? It's saying that God will never say no to what he's already said yes to if you're praying and asking according to his will, according to his promise, according to his word. Praise God. When his promises are yes. Lord, will you keep this promise? What does, what's his answer? Yes. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 15, and 7 if you there's that little word if though there's that little word if that denotes a condition he said if you abide in me and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you ladies and gentlemen there are some promise exceeding great and precious promises that's been made by the Lord to his church to you, to his saints, and we need to stand on those promises and lay claim. We've got a covenant with our heavenly Father through the blood, ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Woo, hallelujah. God said that his word, the word that goes forth out of his mouth, will not return void, but it will accomplish that which he pleases, and it will prosper in the thing he said where I sent it, it will prosper. God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 and 12, he said, I, the King James says, I hasten my word to perform it. And the word hasten there means to watch over. And so the Amplified brings that out, and the Amplified Jeremiah 1.12 says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. God is watching over his word to perform it. Amen. He's waiting for you to bring his word to him in prayer and remind him. He said, put me in remembrance of my word, of my promise, of what I've said. Somebody said, well, you know, don't, don't you think God knows his word? Yeah, but he wants you to know it. He knows what he's promised. He wants you to know it. Amen. Just like, you know, those, our kids and our grandkids. If we make a 
promise to them and say, well, you know, if you're good this week and if you clean your room and you get, get your chores all done, well, then Saturday I'll take you to McDonald's and we'll get you some burgers and ice cream and then we'll go to the zoo. We'll just have a big day on Saturday. And they meet the conditions and they do everything that they're supposed to do and then Saturday comes and if you don't say anything about it, what you promised, I can guarantee you that little one's going to come and they're going to say, hey, Dad, or hey, Paul, Paul, you remember, hey, <laughs> glory to God, you remember what you said earlier in the week? Well, what did I say? Well, you know what you said. What was it? You want them to remember what you said. Hallelujah. And they said, well, you said that if I did this and if I was good and if I did my chores, you'd take me to McDonald's and you'd take us to the zoo. And Lord, I, I, Dad or Papa, I did what you told me to do. I, and this is what you promised. He's reminding, she's reminding that parent, that grandparent of the promise that was made. And that's what we got to do with the Lord. Get those promises. Stand upon that covenant. Bring those promises to him in prayer. Plead the promises of God before the heavenly Father and stand upon it. Hallelujah. You're not trying to force God to do something that he doesn't want to do, but you're laying claim to the promised land, the inheritance, the covenant that he's made with you. And in this new year, going into this year, we have some unfailing, unfading promises of God and a covenant with God that he will see us through. Come on and give the Lord a praise. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Amen. I tried to make a New Year's resolution that I was going to be calm this year. I'm not doing so good. <laughs> Amen. Woo, hallelujah. But God told Joshua, see, here's the thing about the promises, saints. Have you ever heard people say, well, yeah, you know, especially like, like these promises. Well, yeah, but the, the, those were promises were to Joshua. Those promises were to Israel. And uh, that, you know, that was for them then, but not for us today. You know, it, we hear that concerning healing. Well, God used to heal. In Bible days, God used to perform miracles and heal. And one of these days, when we all get to heaven, I read about it this morning to you, there won't be any more sickness and everybody's going to be well and everybody's going to be healed. Well, thank God, God did heal in Bible days. Everybody will be healed in the resurrection when we all get to heaven. But what about right now? Thank God for the sweet by and by, but I'm in the rotten and nasty now. Amen. I need God to do something now. We need healing now. I mean, the same God that healed in Bible days, the same God, the same Jesus that healed the sick in his earthly ministry, the same Holy Ghost that performed miracles in the book of Acts is the same one today. He hadn't changed. He hadn't lost his power. We're still under the same covenant. Amen. We still got those promises today. And so, you know, people say, well, those promises were just for them. But 
listen, the promises are good for all saints, for all seasons, and for all situations. Not just for Joshua, not just for Caleb. Hallelujah. He said, see, here's what God said to Joshua in verse 7. He said, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. So what he was saying was, Joshua, the promise didn't die with Moses. The promise is still to you today. Now I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the promise and the power of God didn't die with Joshua either or with Elijah or Elisha or Peter and Paul. As God was with Joshua, God will be with you and God will be with me. He's the same God. He's the ancient of days. He's the Lord. I change not. He will be with you. His promises are unfailing and unfading. Amen? Praise God. The psalmist David said forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And so God is saying that those promises that are settled in heaven are not just to Joshua or to Caleb or to the Bible saints, those in the, in the Bible in the past, but those promises are settled, that are settled in heaven are to all generations right down to this present time. He said there in Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And then verse 90, he said, your faithfulness your faithfulness endures to all generations. To all generations. That would be right down to today. That would be right down to 2021. Come on, somebody. That would be right down to this 21st century. We're still in the church age, ladies and gentlemen. We're still in the age of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you read the book of Acts, the book of Acts should be and is our template it's our example. It's our pattern that we're to pattern the church after. Glory be to God. That was not just something that was historical. That was just to be in that first century. But the church of Jesus is to be the same today as the one he left here 2,000 years ago. God, give us a mighty move of your spirit. Hallelujah. Let those promises be fulfilled in our lives today. Unfading promises, unfailing promises of God. His faithfulness is to all generations. First Kings 8.56 says that there is not failed one word. There is not failed one word of all His good promise. Not one word. Praise the Lord. I'll finish this up tonight. We'll get them across tonight. <laughs> Look at the promises that God gave to Joshua. To do that, we have to go back to chapter 1. Chapter 1. He made Joshua some promises there when he had called him. I won't go there and take time to read it, but I'll give you the verses as we go. The first promise that God gave Joshua, that is a promise for you and I today, as we prepare, as we enter into this brand new year, are you listening to me? The promise that God gave was this. First of all, He gave him the promise of conquering power. 
conquering power. Verse 5, Joshua 1 and 5. He said, there shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. There shall not be any man, no man, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That is a promise of victory that no enemy would be able to stand against them victoriously. They were going to be able to conquer every enemy. In other words, God was telling Joshua, we need to get a hold of this. God was telling Joshua, you're going to be, as long as you follow me, as long as you do what I tell you, you're going to be invincible to that enemy. The enemy will not be able to defeat you. The the enemy will not be able to overcome you or to conquer you. It doesn't matter how big they are, how much bigger they are than you. David found that out in the Valley of Elah when he faced Goliath. It doesn't matter how the odds may be against you or how outnumbered you may be. No man, no enemy will be able to stand against you or stand before you all the days of your life. That is a promise of invincibility. And we, saw, we, we can see that fulfilled in Israel's history as they went into the promised land and they crossed the Jordan and they conquered Jericho. But you remember what happened at a little city by the, name, by, by the name of Ai. Remember that? When they went to Ai, they had had such victory at Jericho and then Ai was the next city to conquer, the next enemy to conquer. And they said, well, we don't need to send but just a handful of folks over there because they're such a little city. Little did they know that Achan had stole the Babylonian garment and a wedge of gold and there was, there was sin in the camp that, that, that Israel had sinned and disobeyed the Lord. They get down to Ai and they suffer a defeat. Joshua can't figure it out. He gets on his face before God. He starts, you know, crying the blues. Lord, you said that you'd be with us. Lord, you said that you, there wasn't a man stand before us that you would give us victory and now we've been defeated. What, what's wrong? Why did you lie to us, Lord? God spoke to Joshua and said, get up off your face. Quit, I'm paraphrasing, quit bawling and squalling and bellyaching about it. Get up off your face. There's a problem. There's sin in the camp. Israel has sinned. You've got to deal with the sin. I'm not going to preach on this, but I probably ought to. When there's a problem, when there's a problem and there's not an answer and there's not a victory, when God has promised us a victory, either we're walking in unbelief and doubt or else there's a problem with sin somewhere in our life. We need to deal with the sin. We need to deal with the disobedience. We need to deal with the doubt and the unbelief because God, listen to me, abundant life, God has made a promise to his church just like he did unto Joshua that you will be invincible as you remain faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is total victory every single day in every situation and in every circumstance. Somebody ought to say amen here in this, in this church today. Amen? Hallelujah. That's not just an Old Testament or an Old Covenant promise. It goes into the New Testament as well. And Isaiah said in the Old Testament that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. 
But Jesus in the New Testament, Jesus Himself said, Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's a promise. That's a promise of conquering power. Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, He said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, over all the authority of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Paul talked about the warfare in Ephesians chapter 6, and he said that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and wicked spirits in heavenly places. But then he said, hey, put on the whole armor of God. There's armor that's been spiritual armor, weapons of our warfare that are not, that are not carnal, but that are mighty through God. Put on that armor of God that you may be able to stand that you may be able to withstand all the wiles in the attacks of the enemy. There's a spiritual enemy out there, ladies and gentlemen. There's a devil. There's powers of darkness. There are demons. This whole world today is lying in the control and under the control of demonic forces, the powers of darkness. But can I tell you, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And I can tell you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world I can tell you that if we'll follow the ark if we'll believe the promise if we'll follow after Jesus if we'll stay full of the power of the Holy Ghost there's an invincibility Satan I don't care who's in the White House they cannot destroy the church I said they cannot conquer or destroy the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because he will see us through there is an invincibility to the believer today that will abide in Christ and stay in faith. Well, praise God. Conquering power, he promised. The second one was this. I got more to say about that, but I'll move on. He gives us the promise. He gave Joshua the promise of his constant presence. He said, as I, verse 5, chapter 1, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not fail you nor forsake you. He said in verse 9, the Lord your God told Joshua, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, whithersoever you go. It's the promise. It's the promise of His constant presence. He's not going to leave us. The Lord's not going to leave us alone in 2021. If we'll keep our eyes on Him, His presence will be there with us all the time. Can I get an amen? Fear not, he said in Isaiah 41, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He said in Isaiah 43, that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. I'll be with you through it all, through whatever we have to face. We have his 
presence, His constant presence with us every minute of every hour of every day. Brother Ricky, well, I, I don't, sometimes I don't feel like the Lord's there. It doesn't matter what you're feeling today. It's not what we're feeling in our, in our, in our, in our senses, but when we feel Him, I love to feel Him. I feel Him this morning, but you know what? I've preached when I couldn't feel Him, amen? And I knew that He was still there whether I could feel His presence or sense His presence. I'm not walking by sight or by feelings, but I'm walking today and living by faith that he made a promise of his constant presence that wherever I go, as long as I'm following the ark, he's there, he's there. He said, if you ascend unto heaven, if I ascend, David said unto heaven, I find you there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. He's everywhere. He's with you always. And he'll never, ever, ever leave you or forsake you. He's with you every day, every day. The constant presence of the Lord. You know, in Deuteronomy 11, he said to them, talking about the promised land, he said, the eyes of the Lord, told them what a blessed land it was and said, the eyes of the Lord are upon that land from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. The Lord already knows the end from the beginning. Amen. And he will be with you, with us, with his church, every single day. Praise God. The third promise, and we'll close. The third promise he made. This is what's going to get us through this coming year. The unfading, unfailing promises of God. The third promise he made to Joshua was this in one, verse 7 of chapter 1. And it was the promise of certain prosperity. Oh, watch out, Brother Ricky. Certain prosperity. Joshua 1 and 7, he says, Only be strong and very courageous. Notice this, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. In other words, be obedient to the Bible, to the Word of God. Do what the Word of God says. Is it, you know, that's all he's asking. Observe to do the Word. Be doers of the Word, not just hearers. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Notice this. What, what, notice the results of that that you may prosper wherever you go. Does that mean in 2021? I, I read some verses. It was last week in our prayer service from um, Job chapter 5 where the Scripture was talking about how that he would, God would take care of us even in times of famine. And he said that even in the time of famine, you will laugh in the time of famine. Well, I don't know if any of us are quite there with that kind of faith yet. Amen. But the, the point that the writer was making and that the Lord was making in that verse was that even in the time of scarcity or famine, I always think about what David said, you know, when he said, I've, I've been young and now I'm old. And I can relate to that scripture now. 
I've been young, he said, and I'm now, now I'm old, but he said, I've never, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never seen God's seed begging bread. You know, that's prosperity right there. If you've got a good place to live, you know, we think about prosperity and people say, oh, that's wealth, that's money, that's living in a mansion, and that's, you know, that's driving a Rolls Royce and all of these things, being wealthy. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, that's not, that's not the kind of prosperity that I'm talking about today. I'm telling you, I'm talking about, if you've got plenty of food on your table, and you've got a good house to live in, and a good warm bed to sleep in, and a good, you can go in there and crank that thermostat that up if it's a little colder outside and put some heat, nice warm heat in that house. You got good clothes to wear. Praise God and shoes or boots on your feet. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, you're prosperous today. I said you're prosperous. You're blessed of the Lord today. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Any of you that's been out of this country and been in any third world countries and I've, I've been to Uganda, I've been to Africa and I've saw the, 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 the shanties that people were living in, the little huts that they were living in and thought, my Lord, my Lord, help us God not to complain about what we have back in the United States because we have been prospered by God. God's took care of us throughout this pandemic. God's took care of us throughout this past year. Hallelujah, when, when, when we had to shut down and the enemy was screaming in my ear and he was saying, there ain't no way the church can survive. There ain't gonna be no money coming in. There ain't gonna be no offerings coming in. Oh, you're going down this time. You can't survive it. I'm telling you right in the midst of all that. Hallelujah, we stood on, on the promises of God and stood true to God and God came through. I said, God came through. Hallelujah. There was there was, there was financial blessing and I still, I still don't have an answer for it. It's just you just stand back and look and say it had to be the hand of God. How it could happen when the meal barrel goes from being empty to being full. That's the hand of God. It's a promise of his continued prosperity in our lives of the blessing of the Lord in our lives. He supplies all our needs. If all your needs are met today, you're prosperous. Woo! If you can say like David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You're prosperous. Amen? I know some of you are thinking, well, you're not. You're not talking about going across the river. They're getting ready to go. <laughs> They're getting ready to go. The Lord's getting them ready to go. He's making Joshua some promises. He said, I've got, I'm going to be with you. You've got my promise. You've got my presence. You're going to have my prosperity if you obey my word. And in that eighth verse, I got I got a hush. In that eighth verse, he told Joshua to meditate. He said, "This book of the law, again, the word of God, the word of God that we have. We've got not only the book of the law, we've got the Old Testament, we've got the New Testament. So the whole word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night." 
that you may observe to do. There it is again, observe to do. So meditate on the Word of God, on the Bible. Keep the Bible on your mind. Observe to do according to all that is written. And look what the result is. If you'll just follow the Word of God and live for Jesus, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We're looking at some folks here. I'm looking at people here in this congregation this morning. God has blessed you. God's blessed you through this pandemic. God has blessed you. There's some that have, have lost their jobs and God's give them, give them other jobs in place of the one that they lost. But God has provided. We've not missed any meals. We've not gone hungry. We came through this, the virus and, and, and God brought us through and give us, has given our strength back to us. God's a good God. He's going to bring us through this year. There's going to be success. I'm expecting God to continue to prosper and bless and make this ministry and this church a successful ministry and church. There's, there's, there's folks here that have businesses and God's going to bless your businesses as you put Him first. It doesn't matter what happens in 21. God's going to prosper you and bless you and carry you through every obstacle if you'll put Him first in your life. Hallelujah, He'll do it. I said He'll do it. Give Him praise. He'll do it. Praise God. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. Praise God. Psalm 35, 27. He has pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. That worship team, come on back. I went over time. Imagine that. I hadn't made that, I hadn't made that resolution. Amen. David described the righteous man in Psalm 1. He said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, does not stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But notice, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, his word, does he meditate day and night. And then here was the result of that. Psalm 1 and 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And notice, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. God has always taken care of his people, and he always will take care of his people.